0: Readers, last week we had such a great episode that sparked a lot of reflections and conversations about making audiobooks work for you. Go back and listen to episode 209 anytime. It's called Cracking the Audiobook Code. And if you want to hear more audiobook-heavy episodes, we have a brand new Spotify playlist just for you. To access that and our other playlists, just visit whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash Spotify. It will take you right there. I also want to tell you that in that episode, I recommended Malcolm Gladwell's new book, Talking to Strangers. But readers, if we recorded today, I'd find a different recommendation for Jamie. I listened to that book on audio before it came out, and I enjoyed it. I listened to it while I was running, but then I read an Instagram post by my bookstagram friend and our former and soon-to-be-returning What Should I Read Next Guest, Tracy Thomas. Tracy called the book deeply flawed and highly problematic, and She explained why, and I found what she said about it really persuasive. I'm grateful for both the issues books raise for us individually in our own hearts and minds and the conversations that result when readers share and discuss what they're reading. Books and the people who read them, they change hearts and they change minds. It's happened to me time and again, and it will happen plenty more in the future. I recommend taking a look at Tracy's post. It's on her podcast account on Instagram at thestackspod. We'll also put a link to it in show notes. Want a confidence boost? Take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. Get gorgeous professional hair color delivered to your door starting at $22. This is game-changing color you can do at home, and look as if you just came from the salon without the time or expense. At Madison Reed, master colorists blend nuances of light, dark, cool, and warm tones to create over 55 gorgeous multidimensional shades. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. What Should I Read Next listeners get 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with the code READ. Use the code READ, R-E-A-D, at madison-read, R-E-E-D, dot com. Now for today's episode. As readers, we know the power of books, so when gift season rolls around, we are eager to find the right ones to give to friends and family. Now it's time to break out the wrapping paper, because our holiday recommendation episode, which has become somewhat of an annual tradition, it's here. So many of you wrote and called in to let us know who you wanted to give the gift of reading to this winter. And today, my friend and proprietress of The Novel Neighbor in St. Louis, Holland Saltzman, is here to help recommend the perfect titles for your loved ones. That's right, Holland is back in the studio, ready with a list of books for your distractible teens and tweens, your reluctant reader spouses, your impossible-to-buy-for-parents, and your friend who seems to have already read everything. We bring the recommendations fast and furious in today's episode, but... Just like every week, we've got the full list of books we talk about today ready and waiting for you in our show notes. Visit whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 210. That's 210 for the full list. If you subscribe to our newsletter, we'll also send you a link to this every week. That's whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash newsletter. And readers, if you want to give your favorite book podcasters a gift this year, not saying it's us, but golly, we hope it is, then please head over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. It would fill our bookish hearts with joy. Now let's get to it. Holland, welcome to the show. And so good to talk with you. You know, I think this now officially makes you our most frequent guest on the show.
1: That is really all I'm aiming for. You know, bookstore owner, um, nonprofit coordinator, all those things do not make a difference in my life. It is remaining your most frequent guest. I'm going to be the (laughs) Alex Baldwin of (laughs) what should I read next?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know how we roll here. We don't have co-hosts. We don't have recurring guests. So we thought, is it okay? Like, I want to talk to Holland. But do the readers want to hear from Holland? I don't know. We should ask them. I know, or I wouldn't have brought this up. Well, and I got to tell you, there
1: is probably at least every month, someone comes in the store from hearing about me on the podcast, whether they're locals or whether they're passing through for business. So I got to say that definitely people, for whatever reason, maybe they enjoy listening to us hang out and talk. Uh, Come on in.
0: Basically, Holland, before you and I could even get around to scheduling this, people kept asking in our community, when's she coming back? When's she coming back? And actually, Aww. if the two of you could just host like a weekly podcast, that would be ideal.
1: It would be great because I keep wanting to start one, but I don't, you know, I, I, I got no skills in that area. So you just <laughs> you just tell me when to show up, I will show up.
0: So you are a bookstore owner and a bookseller. Today, we are putting your skills to good use. We put out the call in our newsletter and in the podcast. And we said, readers, we want to help you with your bookish gift recommendations. Because Holland, you know how avid readers are. When you say gift, they think book. So they want to give books to the readers in their lives, but they don't necessarily know what to give. So we said, send in your SOS request and Holland and I will help. Are you astounded by the wide variety of requests that come in your door every day? Because I definitely feel that way about my messages, my inbox, the things people ask me in person.
1: No, yesterday, there was one customer who wanted an early chapter series on car racing. So for you know an early reader, kind of past those early reader books, but not quite to chapter books. And then her husband was looking for something historical fiction in the Byzantine Empire. And I just looked at her like... I'm um, no, I can't. <laughs> so, um, was not the most successful. Just even what we are going to talk about today. It's, I mean, you just never know what the question is going to be.
0: You never know. And also it is never boring. Sometimes
1: uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like give me a sec to Google Byzantine books.
1: Right. Yeah. Excuse me. You know what? I can't think of that author right now. One second, please. Which means I have no idea and I'm going to go on the interwebs.
0: Sounds good to me. All right, we got a heap of requests for people shopping for books for the kids and the teenagers in their lives. So we're gonna start there. This one is from Laura. My son is 17 and interested in visual arts. He does not read often, so I'm hoping you can recommend something based on his favorite movies. A book for him would need to be fast-paced and funny with a sci-fi or fantastical element for him to get into it. A graphic novel would be good. He likes Neil Gaiman, sci-fi and fantasy, the Star Wars movies, but not the three prequels, Thor from the Avengers. Wait, is this my kid? (laughs) right. Thor from the Avengers franchise, and he really loved Into the Spider-Verse because didn't everyone We did. Okay, what do you think?
1: So this was a really fun one. I loved everything about this kid, and it reminds me of my 20-year-old as well. Um, So my first one, when they were talking about graphic novels and Neil Gaiman, there is a illustrated copy of Ocean at the End of the Lane that's out recently that is beautiful. And so depending on if he's read that particular Neil Gaiman before, but also um, there's a Stan Lee graphic novel biography. And so if he's into all of Avengers and a lot of the Marvel stuff, that was a really fun read as well. Um, Hank Green did that really fun book this year, An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. I had a hard time recommending to a lot of people, but for this guy, it would be absolutely perfect because it's funny. It's got a little sci-fi to it. It's very current and contemporary. And the last one I'd throw in is there's a new YA book on Loki. um, That's a real quick, easy read.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna jot those down for my kid. Oh, we've gotten a lot of requests recently for us to make the book lists of books we talk about on the show available someplace so people don't have to pull their cars over and i just want everyone listening to know we have been doing that from the very beginning and we tell you where the show notes are in the outro when you probably quit listening so <laughs> listen to the end you'll learn interesting things the full book list of the books that Holland and i talk about today will be located at what should i read next podcast.com/210 That's 210 because that is today's episode number. And that is true for every book list of every episode we've got you covered. We believe in good books and safe driving. All right. This one is from Joy. I'm hunting for a book for my 12-year-old daughter, Rebecca. She's an avid reader and is in the in-between phase where middle grade is not enough and young adults, in her opinion, is too romancy. She loves historical fiction, mystery, fantasy that is more fairy tale based but not a direct retelling, and not too spooky thrillers. So basically, Joy says that she is 12 going on 30. She's showing interest in classics, but she doesn't know where to start. And she's listened to What Should I Read Next with Joy, and she's heard readers speak of reading a book too soon. In the past few months, she's read and loved One of Us is Lying, The Book Thief, Winnie the Pooh, "Salts of the Sea, and all of the Hunger Games series. What do you think, Holland?
1: Okay, well, that's what I was wondering for each one of these. An easy one is the new um, Rudiceptus, the Fountain of Silence, uh, which talks about Franco Spain. So if she was a big fan of Salt to the Sea, I find this one most similar. And I really like Salt to the Sea. So I think that would be a really good tie-in, kind of for the little dark, but not two thriller sweep by Jonathan Oxier about a girl and her monster who are trying to navigate kind of some chaos that's going on in the world. Absolutely love that a little mystery detective element to it. So I like those two a lot.
0: And to that, I would add a series that my own children are devouring right now by Marissa Meyer, who's very well known for her Lunar Chronicles series, but this is the Renegades Trilogy. Mm -hmm. This is a great time to jump in because it is a trilogy and the third book just came out. So you won't have to do that thing that my own children did and finish book two that ends on a massive cliffhanger and wait for a year. It's marketed as YA, but I think middle graders can totally read this without being overwhelmed. And it's just strong, plot-driven, great characters, interesting, lots of depth, and they're big, fat books that read fast, but can keep you busy for a while.
1: I think there's a lot of books that are coming out now that kind of straddle that sort of, you know, we call younger YA and older YA. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's those that are right at this age that could, you know, and again, sometimes it's kids specific, what they want or what they can handle. Some are okay with violence, but not romance. Some are okay with language, but not violence. You know, it just, it's interesting kind of as they Mm -hmm. transition.
0: I love it. And I'm so glad to hear that because I hear from readers and I see in my own, my nieces, my nephews, my kids, there's just this big gap between feeling pretty old for middle grade i mean adults can read middle grade and that's fine but when you're 12 you want to be reading novels about 15 year olds not 10 year olds because this is the way growing up works but i'm so glad to see and hear that that gap is being bridged yes kids who don't have books to read don't read
1: And then we're actually starting to make quite a few young adult books that are not these big, huge, heavy tomes, because that's also a transitional issue is that kids start to see the length of the books increase, which then intimidates. But, you know, there's people like Scott Westerfeld, who does the Leviathan series that still has illustrations in them, which you know are gorgeous. So I think there's a place for everybody. It's just you got to
0: dive in sometimes and it's hard. On that note, Amy is shopping for her teenage niece, and she says some of the things I've given her that she's liked are the Miss Marvel graphic novels. Hyperbole and a Half by Allie Brosh, and In Other Lands by Sarah Rees Brennan. When she reads, she reads a lot of graphic novels. She's read through my entire collection and my brother's entire collection, including Neil Gaiman, lots of Marvel, DC superheroes, ElfQuest, Books of Magic. No stories that are focused on romance, though slipping in LGBTQ characters without making a big deal of it is great. So our producer, Brenner Frederick, said... Oh my, I have a boatload of recommendations for this girl because she basically sounds like me, but younger. Okay, so Brenna's recommendations for Amy's teenage niece are We Are Okay by Nina LaCour, The Wayward Children series by Shannon McGuire, I Kill Giants by Joe Kelly, Jenny Lawson's memoirs, and The Rat Queen's graphic novel series.
1: Those are all fantastic. A couple of those were new to me as well. The only other one that I'd thought about for that is Grinmore Noir by Vera Greentree.
0: Oh, I don't know this.
1: Yeah, that one's pretty new. And so it's for me, it checked a couple of these boxes, but I love Brianna's suggestions. And a couple of those I already showed our children's buyer that we're gonna pull in for the store because I love finding new titles that I didn't know about.
0: Nice. Well, Brenna had more to say about Maudine's request. She says, I'm looking for a recommendation for my 16-year-old granddaughter. She and I do share books so I think she prefers fiction geared toward adults. Her favorite author is Kristen Hanna and her favorite Kristen Hanna book is Magic Hour. She also loved A Man Called Uva and Fingersmith by Sarah Waters. She disliked No Exit. Okay, so Brenna says, if she likes Cameron Post, she recommends anything by Nina LaCour, especially We Are Okay, just like we just talked about. Also, maybe Pulp by Robin Talley or Ramona Blue by Julie Murphy also to check out Melinda Lowe. And a recent really good graphic novel could be Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. Is that a YA title or is that a YA title? love that one. By Mariko Tamaki.
1: That title reminds me of the Why We Broke Up, one of my favorite YAs of
0: all time. Well, I read that book because you told me to. Did you like it? I loved the
1: illustrations.
0: I did. I thought it was fun and such a distinctive cover. Yes. This request is from Liz. I would love to have some book buying advice for my eight-year-old son, Logan. He's a voracious reader and he blows through books as fast as I can bring them in the house. Time out to say those of you finding books for young kids who can read something that it took you two hours to find in two hours, you are doing good work. Okay. He loves the Spy School series, the Nancy Piggins series, Story Thieves, and the Nathan Hale series. He's read the first three Harry Potters. He doesn't like choose your own adventure books because he thinks they end too quickly, and he loves science, animals, and learning new things. What does he need in his life, Holland?
1: My first thought for this one was Sal and Gabby Break the Universe by Carlos Hernandez. Um, this is.
0: I don't know this.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so fun. It's a new duology that's set kind of in future Miami. They can pull things from other dimensions. So the the, the liking of Story Thieves really played in for me that this would be um, you know, kind of check a bunch of those marks that there's traveling in between. I don't know if you want to call them time dimensions, but the opportunities to be outside of this world. So that was definitely my top pick. And actually for a lot of people who like the Harry Potter, the Story Thieves, um, this is a really fun uh, new series that I think everybody's going to really enjoy. And it can it skews, I mean, he, she said eight, but he's obviously read up, but this could mm-hmm. easily be enjoyed by, you know, up to an 11, 12 year old.
0: Okay. I'm jotting that down for my kid. To these, I would add the Mac B Kid Spy books. There are three so far by Mac he's Barnett. My favorite person. They are so good. I'm sending all the bookish loving kisses to Kathy at Blue Willow Books, who put the first book in my hand on book tour last year, because these have been a giant hit. I just came home from a trip and I stopped in Main Street Books in Davidson, North Carolina, and they had the third book and I brought it back to my kid. And he's like, I'm so glad you're back. Here's a hug. Leave me alone. I'm going to go read this book now." Also, Lute and its follow-up by Jude Watson is the name she wrote those books under. So good. So fun.
1: We're huge fans of Mac Barnett, who did the Mac B series. And he's so, so prolific.
0: He does all the picture books. He does chapter books. That man has range. All right. This is from Mary... I am looking for book gift recommendations for my almost 14-year-old daughter. She has been what some would call a reluctant reader because she would much rather spend time creating something or dancing. As an avid reader and English major myself, I am encouraging her to give reading a little corner of her life as well. She loved the Selection series by Kira Cass and the Ruby Red series by Kirsten Gear. Most of the time, she abandons a book after she begins it. I recommended Matched by Ali Condi, but she felt that was slow. She was also recently bored by Shannon Hale's Book of a Thousand Days. I struggle to find books that engage her enough that she will stick with them. Okay. But there's hope. Mary says for reading encouragement, she started a mother daughter book club with her where we take turns choosing the book every other month. I read aloud while she follows along. This allows her to share books with me that she does enjoy and allows me to try to expand her reading horizons. I find that she sticks with books better when we are reading them together. For example, right now we are finishing up dreamland burning, which has a bit of a mystery element and she has really enjoyed that. So Holland, what do you think?
1: I had one. This one was a tricky one. Um, Internment, just kind of based on some of that um, she had talked about, is uh, one that I'd recommend that came out kind of early March by um, Samira Ahmed. Future... United States, but there's just sort of this dystopian pit to it. But it just, I mean, what she talked about in there is that you need something that's going to pull you in immediately. And this book, to finish it in one sitting.
0: Well, that is high praise. To that, I'd like to add two recommendations that play off her interests in very different directions. The first is a novel. It's YA. It's called Piecing Me Together by Renee Watson. And this is an engaging coming of age story set in Portland, Oregon. It's about a 16 year old African American girl who is struggling to find her place in the world. She has two very different places where she lives out her life, her home and her school. And she feels like she's too much in one place and not enough in another place. And she's just really trying to make her way. It's nuanced, but it's also an easy read about feeling out of place and coming of age, coming into your own, and the perils of good intentions. And what I love about this book for this reader is that the protagonist, her name is Jade, and she makes collages. She's a talented artist, and she makes sense of the world through her art. That's a major theme in the book, and I think it would be so fun for this reader.
1: I think that sounds perfect.
0: Also, this girl likes to dance, and Misty Copeland, who is the first female African-American principal dancer in American ballet theater history, wrote a book called Life in Motion a few years back, and there's a Young Readers edition as well. For a 14-year-old, I think you could go either way. The Young Readers edition is aimed at grades six through eight, so I will let Mary decide which is most appropriate. It shows how she made it to the top of American dance, how she worked, what that looks like, the cool opportunities that came about because of that. But also she had a challenging home life she had to deal with as well So for a dancer to see what a professional career really looks like and how it came to be But also see that this woman that you admire so much and if you don't know anything about her I think you'll feel that way by about chapter three Just everything she's accomplished and how hard she worked for it and how good she is at what she does It's also a coming of age story and coming of career. Is that a thing? It is I think that could be a really fun connection also, at what should I read next headquarters? We thought it could be a great idea for Mary to give her daughter something like a book and crafting materials to go along with it, especially if you're already reading together in that mother-daughter book club. Maybe your daughter would enjoy keeping her hands busy with some kind of jewelry kit or she could, you know, she could learn to knit or make lip balm or something, but she could do something with her hands and enjoy the story and maybe engage more of the senses while you read together. Great suggestion. I mean, I'd like to get that under my tree. Yes. Readers, if you love What Should I Read Next, you're going to love being part of our Patreon community. That's where we share bonus episodes, including follow-ups with previous guests, interesting conversations that were cut for time reasons, and One Great Book Style episodes where I tell you all about recent reads that I adore. In addition to the extra audio, you get access to our super secret spreadsheet vault with the full list of all the books guests love and my three recommendations from every episode in an easy-to-search format. And on occasion, we get together live online for Ask Us Anything style conversations and events like our 90 minute fall book preview and summer reading guide unboxing. Join for all these perks and to be part of the community behind What Should I Read Next. Go to patreon.com slash What Should I Read Next. That's P A T R E O N.com slash What Should I Read Next to become a member today. patreon.com slash What Should I Read Next. Okay, let's hear our first voicemail. This is from Andrea.
2: I'm writing for a recommendation for my 14-year-old daughter. A couple of books she loved, A Mango-Shaped Space by Wendy Mass, Counting by 7 by Holly Goldberg Sloan, and Out of My Mind by Sharon Draper. Based on those 3 books, last year for Christmas I got her Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, and unfortunately, she did not like it. And when I asked her about it, she said she just didn't like the way he wrote. Recently, she has been so busy in school, she's told me that reading has felt like a real chore for her. And based on that information, I went to my local bookstore and got a recommendation for Spinning by Tilly Walden. I brought that home. It's a graphic novel, and she devoured it in one night and totally liked it. So I would say realistic fiction, absolute yes. No romance. Um, It can be part of the story, but not the primary reason. No fantasy. No magic. And she's also okay with sci-fi. I really hope I can get a great recommendation from you guys.
0: What do you think, Holland?
1: I think, um, an easy, of course, one would be the new Tilly Walden. Are you listening? We got to host Tilly Walden and she just spectacular and inspiring and amazing. And I went home and devoured every single one of her titles.
0: Oh, do you know she's my Scotland buddy? I did not know she's your Scotland we buddy. We went to Scotland together last okay, year. You win. But you're the one telling me she has a new book. So thank you for yes, that.
1: She does. And it's wonderful. Called See, are you listening? Um, and then the other one I do is No Ivy League um, by Hazel New Levant This young girl takes a summer job cleaning ivy in this area of Portland, and she just wants to learn a little money, but she really is starting to understand and sort of take note of her life of privilege and understand that everything, you know, she's kind of been a little self-absorbed. It's really well done how she's coming to understand some things and how she um, makes some relationships bristles with some relationships and just has, you know, almost no skills navigating what this little world she's kind of been in. And so based on some of the heavier content of some other books she read, I think this would be a great one. And it's a graphic
0: novel. Sounds good to me. Not surprisingly, we also got many requests from readers who are looking for books for the adult men in their lives. Here's the first one from Claire. My husband is definitely the reader in the family, and I'd love to surprise him. One of his favorite books is 112263, along with Ready Player One and the Harry Potter series. After the holidays, with shorter days, he likes the company of characters in a long book to keep him out of any winter blues. All of these books have a romantic couple or gang of friends working together to overcome something and I think he likes to feel like he's part of this fictional group until he can get back out with his people in the spring. He also really loves mysteries and crime fiction with well-developed characters, at least one he can root for. What do you think? This might
1: have been my favorite one. I don't know why, um, but uh, maybe because I love this book, Kill the Farm Boy. I thought that was such a trip, and I think there's a sequel coming, or maybe it's already out. Maybe there's already a couple, but it almost has a Monty Python kind of uh, humor or lightness, but just also just uh, just a smidge of, you know, that fantasy, a little bit of like Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Uh, you know, it, it's like a chosen one you've never met. Another one would be maybe The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by... Becky Chambers. It was originally in uh, published in Great Britain, but it won like I think it was the Hugo Award for the best series. And it's just, uh, I think somebody described it as a rollicking space adventure with a lot of heart. I really thought that would be a good one. And then I kind of went a little off kilter for one. It was more based on just people to root for. There was a. Did you read November Road by Lou Burney?
0: No, I didn't. It's on my
1: shelf. Yeah, we use that as one of our subscription books, and it just sort of has these two people that find each other. And, you know, like by circumstances, bring them together, both trying to escape something. And it's much quieter, much, you know, there's some humor in it. Just I loved everything about it.
0: This next one is from Maggie. "'I am looking for book recommendations "'for my dad this holiday season. "'He is impossible to buy gifts for "'because he says he doesn't want anything, "'and when I do find a gift for him, "'he doesn't give a strong reaction "'about his feelings on the gift. "'The one time I have really found exception to that is when he gets a good book. "'He is a huge fan of the Mitch Rapp series "'as he went to high school with Vince Flynn "'and enjoys a series with a lot of action.' He also enjoyed Daisy Jones and the Six, which was a recommendation I gave him because I know he loves This Is Spinal Tap. He seems to be open to trying most genres of books, but I can say for sure he would not enjoy anything where the focus is romance or relationships. All right, Holland. I had no
1: notes next to this one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anne, what do you have for Maggie? Well, I'm wondering about Brad Taylor's books. Do Do you know these? Yeah.
1: I think that would be a great suggestion.
0: I did an event with Brad Taylor in Memphis last year. He writes military thrillers that do have relationships, but... That is not the focus. So these are novels about the special forces of the United States military. But when somebody at this event I did in Memphis earlier this year, it was the Literacy is Key luncheon they do every year. It's always so, it was so good. It was such a good time. Somebody asked him a question about how he approaches his work. And he started talking about philosophy. He started talking about the works of Immanuel Kant and the works of David Hume and the tension there. And I was like, this is not what I expected. Brad Taylor to be talking about. But One Rough Man is the first book in the Pike Logan series, who was the most successful operator on the US government's special forces task force. This first novel, the plot centers around thwarting a terrorist plot. But if her dad likes this, there are plenty more to keep him busy. Also, I think the works of Daniel Silva, who also writes a good number of thrillers with a lot of depth. A great place to start would be his his brand new book in the Gabriel Alon series called The New Girl, which is based on real events out of the news. But he's taken great liberties with them for the sake of first it being readable without totally breaking your heart. And also because he, above all, wants to write good stories. Page turners with real substance. I, I think it sounds like that's what Maggie's dad would enjoy. And I think they both be good picks.
1: You know what? That When you mentioned that one, that made me think of Nelson DeMille That kind of the De Silva connection. I think he does also really good military thrillers. There's one called The Deserter that was really good.
0: Yes. I imagine lots of dads get Nelson DeMille books for Christmas.
1: So you're saying I'm unoriginal and I need to go back to the drawing board?
0: No, I'm (laughs) saying spot on.
1: I really wanted to find something for the Daisy Jones and the Six reference because that was so different. But like, I just sort of dove down into anything, you know, that I've read, but they all were very relationship based. If they were, if they had even one bit of a music component to it. So, I mean, there's all these great bios out, but I just, yeah, I did. This was hard for me.
0: Maybe Patty Smith. I mean, there's so many. I think it just really depends where your interests lie.
1: Right. I mean, and there's a great one out. Jeff Tweedy did one last year um, from Wilco, and that was phenomenal, kind of about community and things like that. And it just, yeah, I think you could definitely dive in. Um, I, of course, am gifting lots of Prince bios this year.
0: (laughs) Okay, the tangent. Sorry. Okay, back to work. All right. Jessica is interested in getting some recommendations for her hard-to-please hubby. She says, good luck. He loves the Paper Magician series, The Alchemist, and Where is Joe Merchant by Jimmy Buffett. She says he is a Jimmy Buffett fanatic, and this probably influenced this choice. Jessica, I gotta say, my husband Will also loves Jimmy Buffett, and he was on the podcast in January 2017. Maybe worth looking it up because I think we talk about that. Um, he also loved looking for Alaska by John Green because he loves good coming-of-age stories. He does not love nonfiction books or memoirs or historical fiction. Oh, I had a book all ready to go, but he doesn't love historical fiction.
1: Well, I've got one, you know, it's not super new, but it definitely fits in with this genre. The coming of age part is The Kids of Appetite um, by David Arnold, just sort of what I call the modern day outsiders. So if he was, Mm -hmm. if he really liked Looking for Alaska by John Green, which technically kind of saddles between YA and adult, I would definitely recommend that one.
0: Sounds good to me. Marie, is looking for a book suggestion for her dad, who is a huge reader. He'd love Stephen King, John Sanford, and Louise Penny with Penny at the top of that list. But one book he didn't enjoy was In the Woods by Tana French. He didn't love the style, I think because he was really comparing it to Louise Penny's books. I'd love to find him something in a series or an author who has multiple books. That's what he enjoys best. I think Maria's dad would really enjoy the works of William Kent Krueger, whether she goes the standalone route and picks up maybe his new one, This Tenderland, that came out this fall, or he could go back 10 years and get Ordinary Grace, which won a slew of awards and stands on its own. But he also wrote a series set in rural Minnesota. The first book in that series is called Iron Lake, and if he enjoys that... It's the first in a series. Also, any Penny fan who hasn't picked up the works of Deborah Crombie, don't wait. Get going. The first one is called A Share in Death, and the most recent novel just came out this October. That's called A Bitter Feast, and there are something like 17 novels in between the two. This next voicemail is from Diana, who's looking for recommendations for her husband.
2: Robin is a stay-at-home dad, and he often listens to audiobooks. He and I buddy read Recursion this year, and we both loved it. And in the past, we've also buddy read Ready Player One, and equally loved that. I'm looking for something in the same genre, with the same level of fast-paced twists and turns that he can devour during the holidays at home. Bonus points if it has a great audiobook narration.
0: Holland, is there anything calling your name here?
2: You know what?
1: I almost have to go back and listen to it. But um, I listened to Sleeping Giants by Sylvian Nouvelle right <laughs> after I had listened to Ready Player One, like within the same 10, 12 months. I really enjoyed it. I mean, and there were, for me, there was definitely twists and turns. And um, I, I'm a big fan of it. I don't know if it's the perfect fit, but that's what first came to my mind.
0: I think that's a great fit. And if you'd like to hear more, there is a one great book episode on Sleeping Giants, so you can find that wherever you are listening to this podcast.
1: It's the beginning of a trilogy. I think it's just a trilogy, so that if they like it, there's more where that
0: came from. The gift that keeps on giving. It is. (laughs) I was thinking the Red Rising trilogy would be perfect. By Pierce Brown, three books. They are fantastic on audio. Next, we have a voicemail from Chloe.
2: Hi, Anne. I am looking for book recommendations from my fiancé, Tyler. He loves a fantasy that is his genre. I really think he just loves being able to escape into a different time and place, and he loves the world-building aspect, so he loves the Lies of Lock Lamora by Scott Lynch, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, anything Brandon Sanderson at this point. But something that didn't work for him was The Three-Body Problem. Not sure if it was a translating issue, but he did not enjoy that book. Thanks
0: so much, Anne. What do you think, Holland?
1: My first thought was was Anne Leckie who wrote the Ancillary Trilogy, which is heavy sci-fi, really good. But she's got a new one called Raven Tower that, to me, really fits the bill of what Chloe is looking for. But the other one, of course, if you can remotely guess what I'm going to suggest, is my favorite book of all time, The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. Why didn't I see that coming? Oh, my God, this one has Sparrow written all over it. So it's been around for a long time, maybe mid to late 90s is when it came out. And it's got two different timelines happening when you're reading the story, but definitely interplanetary new societies, very engaging, very heavy, very hard to read at times, but still maintains my favorite book status. So I think um, Tyler would really enjoy this.
0: Sounds good to me. So next, we also got tons of requests from women looking for their friends, their sisters, their moms. And we're going to start in on those.
1: These have been great questions because it sort of made me, it was actually, we had a staff meeting last night and it gave me sort of some fun things to toss out to my staff because like we were talking about at the beginning, you never know what a question you're going to get asked all the diversity in the requests that we're getting was an opportunity for us to kind of talk about it as well of what do you think? So this was kind of fun.
0: This one's from Brianne. My sister Shanna is the person I am looking for help with in buying books for. She's a prolific reader and that makes it difficult to shop for her because her Goodreads lists are huge. I feel your pain, Brianne. She has traveled to Asia a handful of times and does enjoy reading books from Asian authors or about Asian culture, but also likes things based in the wild because she is a big hiker and tent camper. She loves H is for Hawk, Cider House Rules, and The Lotus Eaters. And she's currently reading one of the Maisie Dobbs books by Jacqueline Winspear. What do you think, Holland?
1: This one was tricky as well, but so I'm going to be a little bit all over the place. So my first uh, recommendation would be Convenience Store Woman, and it's definitely not a book for everyone, but the entire book is about a woman who has ch- chosen to have a job in a convenience store. Everyone around her thinks she should be having a bigger life with bigger relationships and moving to this next big stage, but she's really quite content and actually very good at what she does. And it's just a very quiet story, but I liked things about it. So it's not maybe epic and adventure, but the other one that I talked about. Madhuri Vijay, I think, is from India, um, and she wrote *The Far Field*, and that was one of my favorites this past year. Probably one of the maybe less than five books that I all I can say it was heavy and it was hard to read, but it was such a great beautifully done story, characters that you just stayed with you and the heavy, I could just say heavy three times, just everything about that story, <laughs> which would fall in with one of the other, you know, the Cider House roles. You, you get to know some of these people, but they're dealing with heavy topics and not everything is wrapped up in a bow by any means. And then the last one, kind of more on the nature part, would be The Feather Thief by Kirk Wallace Johnson. This was a nonfiction book that I read last year, maybe early spring, that Had to do with everything I'm not interested in, but made a fascinating story. And it's the story about a gentleman who was a flautist. He played the flute. He lived in England, but he also got caught robbing some like million dollar worth of bird skins from a natural museum in England. But it goes way back to talk about Darwin's time of when Darwin and another scientist were kind of working neck and neck on the origin of species and this. Other scientist whose name I'm blanking was actually a little bit ahead of Darwin, but was so busy kind of staying in the research that didn't get as much notoriety, didn't get as much attention um, because he was too busy deep in the Amazon doing all these studies. But, you know, then it goes into this. Victorian era of how birds were used as costumes and then now a days that feathers are highly sought after for fly fishing like people make these incredibly expensive fly fishing things and it just it's this epic uh, sciencey naturey uh, story that I had no idea about that just maybe by happenstance like there was just one conversation which actually led to this guy getting caught so I loved everything about that book.
0: So sound like excellent recommendations. This request is from Sarah. I'm calling to see if you can help me recommend some books
2: for my sister Karen for Christmas. She's very conservative in her reading taste. And I think she's rediscovering her taste in books after a couple decades of being a mom. She's also a nurse and has been for a couple of decades. She recently loved Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. And she loves Karen Kingsbury books. I just recently pressed into her hands The Language of Flowers by Vanessa Diffenbaugh because I really think she will like that one. She likes emotional stories. I think she likes historical fiction and maybe some closed-door romances. I can't wait to hear what you can recommend for her, and I hope that you both have a very wonderful holiday season. Thank you.
0: So for Sarah, there's a book that came out last year by Patty Callahan called Becoming Mrs. Lewis. And this is biographical fiction based on the woman who became C.S. Lewis's wife, Joy Davidman. Based on Karen's interest, I think this is likely a book about a topic that she already is a little glancingly familiar with through this book, she could really find out the whole story about the woman who really changed C.S. Lewis's work in a way that isn't nearly as well known. But it's fun, even though it's a novel that covers definitely hard things, Joy's pre-C.S. Lewis life. And not like it really got easier in some ways when she met him because they were both forces to be reckoned with. But I think the historical fiction plus the personal interest in a man who meant so much to so many in the world could be a winner for her.
1: The only other one I had thought about, I think that one sounds great, was um, Before and After, which is the true telling of the before we were yours story. A lot of people don't realize that that's available. Sounds good to me. I also have two recommendations from Alicia. She's our retail manager. I'm looking at my notes (laughs) because that is so her genre. Necessary Lies" by Diane Chamberlain and, of course, The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna.
0: All right. This next voicemail is from Leah.
2: Hey, Anne, I am looking for a book recommendation for my mom, Nancy. She, I try to get her a book every year for Christmas because she's the one who instilled the love of reading in me, but I'm kind of drawing a blank this year. So the last couple of years, I've given her The Shoemaker's Wife, which she loved, as well as Lots of Candles, Plenty of Cake by Anna Quinlan, which she also loved. But the wild card is that some of her favorite books are Robert Ludlum, which is, throws kind of a wrench in my bookish search. She doesn't like anything that moves really slow, although Shoemaker's Life is kind of an outlier because it's pretty meandering.
1: What do you think, Holland? So I tried to think about if she came in the store. And what I would try to talk her into is Roar, the short story collection um, by Cecile Ahern. It's one of those that I've had to tell everybody. And I'm like, OK, I know I don't like short stories either. But within this book, there is something for everyone. And you know I don't feel like it moves slow. But if you need to dip in and out like over the holidays and things like that, have you gotten
0: a chance to read it? I've read some of it. I haven't finished it.
1: Yeah, I just, I absolutely loved it. Which is the nice thing about stories. You can dip. You can totally dip. And, you know, and I just, it's a good one to take a chance on for somebody that you're struggling to find a, you know, gift. And it just, it's got a beautiful cover and it's all female protagonist driven. And everything about it is just, you know, so it does. It's, this one isn't a perfect little if you, then this. But this is what I would try to talk Leah into getting for her mom, Nancy. <laughs> for the holidays. Love everything about this book.
0: That sounds good to me. And at the same time, I was thinking in a completely different direction. I was wondering about Reese Bowen's series, Her Royal Spinus. Oh, interesting. I like that. It has similar themes to Adriana Trigiani, but a totally different style. This is a cozy mystery series from Reese Bowen, who is a winner of Agatha Awards. It's set in London in the 30s. I mean, this setup is a little bit preposterous, and I mean that in a fun way. So we have Lady Victoria Georgiana Charlotte Eugenia, who is 34th in line for the English throne, which is worth absolutely nothing to her. So she's got lots of propriety, but no money. And that's a problem, but that's not really why she ends up finding a body in her bathtub and needs to get someone off the hook for a crime, which leads to a madcap investigation. This is light, fun, and funny. The idea of reading it like curled up under a big heavy blanket with a nice cup of tea is not unappealing, which I think would make it a great gift.
1: I think it would be perfect this
0: time of year. This next one is from Megan. She says, I'm looking for a book for my cousin. We have similar reading tastes, but not exactly the same. And she is very up to date with new and recent releases, which makes it challenging to find something she hasn't read. I'd love a good backlist pick to surprise her. So, Holland, what she has liked is Little Fires Everywhere, A Gentleman in Moscow, Evie Drake Starts Over, The Great Gatsby, and The Night Circus. What are you thinking? A backlist pick that has not been splashed everywhere so depending on
1: how far back you want to go backlist in the past year a little backlist is the girl he used to know did not get hardly any attention and I think it was one of the best books that were out there did you get a chance to read it No, I haven't read this. She's talking about, you know, it's not highbrow literary fiction, but I don't want to give too much away, but it's just, it's a story of a man and a woman and they meet at two different times in their lives. And it's just, it's the parallel stories happening of them in college. And she struggles for a variety of different reasons. And then them as adults, they rerun into each other. You don't know what's happened in between as those two stories kind of unfold. The author was Tracy Jarvis Graves. And then I think, I mean, Starless Sea just came out. So she loved Night Circus, but she might have already had that on pre order. You talk about something you can sink your teeth into over the winter, you know, holiday and take your time reading. It was lovely.
0: Well, for literary fiction, which she enjoys, I was thinking about The Course of Love by Ellen Debouton. It's not super old. This just came out in 2016, but I feel like it really flew below the radar for many readers. This is a really interesting novel in that. It's the story of a completely ordinary couple told through a blend of philosophy and fiction, which I thought, is this really a good idea? Because this could be a disaster, but I just loved it. And for the more lighthearted reads like Evie Drake starts over, I think anything by Eleanor Lippman could really land for her. Oh, yeah. If I had to pick one, maybe The Family Man is a place to jump in. I like that. But really, I think she could pluck any from the shelves. Agreed. I loved Christine's question. She said, My 67-year-old mother is a reluctant reader. Right now she reads whatever I recommend, but it takes her years. She is currently reading the Discovery of Witches trilogy by Deborah Harkness, but is early in book two and started over a year ago. She also enjoyed The Kitchen House by Kathleen Grissom, plus its sequel, Glory Over Everything. Before I had any influence on her, all I remember her reading was Danielle Steele novels. Please help. I would love to surprise her with a book for Christmas. What do you think, Holland?
1: You wanna know where I really wanna go with this? I do, the new Danielle Steele. I love Danielle Steele, you know, which was my gateway. That and VC Andrews, God help us. I love red, white, and royal blue. And I just, I, you know, I. it's this story that came out this year. And again, I think it can straddle a little bit YA and adult, but just for sort of that, a little bit of conflict, but a lot of fun with romance. And it's the story of, we have a female president at the time, and it's her son who has met just in passing the son of, you know, the British, the royal family. There's a cantankerous relationship in between the two of them. And that's just sort of your setup. And so it's a little bit lighter than maybe discovery of witches. It doesn't have all the alchemy and things like that, but it's certainly as light as Daniel Steele. And it has been one of my most fun reads for this year that, you know, if anybody's looking for a little light romance for the holidays or anytime, it's a fun pickup.
0: Well, that sounds great. You picked a contemporary romance. I was thinking historical romance might be really fun for this reader because she loved Daniel Steele.
1: I think it might be better, but I want everybody to read this book. (laughs) So yours might be a better fit, but we're going to slip her this one for something that's going to make her blush. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, Nora Roberts oh, yeah. obviously is a huge favorite for those who love Danielle Steele, but lovely war by Julie Berry is a fairly new release. That is technically YA, but I've heard booksellers say that they don't shelve it there. Well, or they double, double shelve shelve shelf. it in the store in multiple places. So it finds their reader, but this is a love story from world war one told through a very, very interesting lens. And that is a couple of Greek gods are hanging out, looking down on the poor mortals, seeing what happens with four characters, two couples during World War One, because boy and the girl fall in love, but circumstances are obviously against them. It's interesting and rich and has depth, but also really moves. And I think it could be a really enjoyable pick. Also, Beatrice Williams is a contemporary author writing historical romance. I would say pick the time period that you think appeals most to the reader in your life and go from there. This one's from Elaine. I am looking for a recommendation for my sweet mother-in-law. Recent books I know that she has loved, Where the Crawdads Sing, The Nightingale, and The Gown. She loves handcrafts like quilting, crocheting, and sewing, so anything that ties these in would be an added bonus.
1: What do you think? I was trying to rack my brain to think about the quilting, crocheting, and sewing, and they're certainly cozy mysteries, but they're not as, you know... Uh, literature heavy as some of the books she mentioned. But what I kept thinking about was all the Susan Vreeland novels. And I've just been a huge fan forever. And a lot of people know like one or two of her books, I think Girl in Hyacinth Blue was one of her most popular ones. But I loved Clara and Mr. Tiffany, which was about Tiffany Glass. And I, you know, ended up down a rabbit hole trying to find out more about Tiffany Glass as I was reading this. And it was about the woman who worked for Mr. Tiffany at a time when women did not have much influence of what was going on. I think Mr. Tiffany at the time was known as these beautiful stained glass panels. He was showing them at World Fair. And this woman named Clara had the idea of the Tiffany lamp. It is just this incredible, intricate story about how it's all done. And I think Susan Vreeland, the author, does a great job of kind of picking apart. It's less the craft, but it's more kind of art. And there was another one called Lunching at the Boating Party, based on that famous painting that she goes through and you get to learn about every character in the painting. So I don't think she could go wrong with any one of Susan Vreeland's, but those would be like my top two. And then maybe the guest book by Sarah Blake, just with some of the names of crawdads and Nightingale. I think that would fit right into the storytelling that follows along those.
0: That sounds good to me. This one's from Tricia. I struggle to find good reads for my 23 year old daughter, who has a degree in English and global liberal studies from NYU and is going to graduate school for film. She loves feminist writing, is a huge fan of Joan Didion, and also loves a good classic. Can I just say I love the way that Trisha can describe her daughter and her literary tastes with such specificity? She loves anything Joan Didion or Toni Morrison, loved Black Wolf, Red Leopard by James, and Children of Blood and Bone by Adayemi, loved Women Who Run with the Wolves by Estes, and hates fluffy novels. Well, it's possible this is too much, too close to home, but I really want her daughter to read Zadie Smith. And there are several good books to choose from at this point. Her last three books have all been very different from each other. So whatever strikes your fancy, pick it up or pick up all three. Her brand new book is called Grand Union. It is a short story collection. The year before that, she had a New York Times notable book release, the essay collection Feel Free Nonfiction. And then back in, I think, 2015, her most recent novel, Swing Time.
1: Ember in the Ashes, I would recommend. Adiyami has just, has said that this author has actually uh, inspired her for to write The Children of Blood and Bone. And I don't think Ember in the Ashes series got much attention at all with YA. And I think if she likes the Black Wolf, Red Leopard, which is like an African Game of Thrones, which anybody who loved Game of Thrones, pick this up for them for Christmas. It's such a great series. That's Black Wolf, Red Leopard. And then just kind of the way that she talked about that she's studying at NYU and likes feminist stories, I'd also recommend Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk. That is by Kathleen Rooney. And it's this great story. It's loosely based on the first female copywriter at Macy's. It's one night in New Year's Eve, and she's taking a walk all around the boroughs of New York. And you learn about her whole life. And it is a fascinating life. I think it would really fit the bill as well.
0: That sounds terrific. But you know what I forgot to mention? I don't know if this is too close for comfort, but Zadie Smith is a professor of creative writing at NYU. So I don't know if that means like, eh, you know, right? (laughs) we're at school together. Why do I need to read her books? Or if that means, ooh, NYU, I need to read everything she's ever written. But that is important information here. We got an interesting request from Liz. She says, I am looking for recommendations for my immediate family's book swap. A few years ago, I suggested this for the adults so people wouldn't feel obligated to buy gifts. We do it as a white elephant exchange, so stealing is involved. I would love finding a book that can appeal to an age range of 30 to 67, preferably fiction. Last year, I took News of the World, and it reached its stealing capacity. Holland, tell me what you think. For this one, I was thinking about something small, something fun, something readerly, like perhaps Pat Conroy's My Reading Life, Jhumpa Lahiri's The Clothing of Books, which is a little more intellectual, but I think reading what she says about how the way literature is packaged affects our perception is so interesting to read during this time of year when everything is packaged and we're thinking about marketing and appearances and all that as we give books we love to people. I also was wondering because she said 30 to 67, if those readers might enjoy, meet me at the museum.
1: Oh, do you know? Do you know Anne Vogel? That uh, at your local bookstores, if you have one, they they put out those Indie next lists with recommendations. In the most recently published one that talks about book club selection picks, there is a review from Holland Saltzman about Meet Me at the Museum. So I would totally steal that because I've recommended it in so many other categories. I love that. That is perfect. Um, not intimidating. And I love everything about an epistolary book every single time.
0: Oh, that's right. See, I'm not a huge fan of epistolary and concept, but this is epistolary and I loved it. I did as well. I think those two are great suggestions. And I was also wondering about like a big juicy novel that it feels like all the readers you know, probably know about, but that does not mean that everyone has read it by a long shot. So you're doing a family book swap. I think someone who's interested in reading who might've heard of a book will see it right there and want to steal it because they haven't read it yet. And that is Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. It's such a crowd pleaser. It's so good. I just want everyone to read it. So I'm going to get other people's families to read it at Christmas, basically.
1: I'm not going to then make any other suggestions and I will agree with that one so that we'll have
0: everyone reading that book. Holland, and we have conquered an incredible pile <laughs> of listener recommendations We didn't answer nearly all of them. So whether we answered yours or not, and you're listening, we were happy to have it. And it was wonderful food for thought. We'll do this again.
1: Yeah. Now I'm tempted. I got to go get everybody's email addresses and write my recommendations. (laughs) No, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody for writing in and calling in.
0: And if you do want more book recommendations from Holland and myself, you know where to find us, I hope. So find me here at What Should I Read Next or on my blog, Modern Mrs. Darcy. We share roughly one nice, healthy, meaty book list every week there. That's at modernmrsdarcy.com. And you can find Holland at the Novel Neighbor Bookstore in St. Louis. It is well worth a visit. And it's so funny. Holland, I feel like every time I go there, there's a reader there who's just visiting from out of town who just I happen to bump into who's like, wait, are you here, Bogle? You don't live here. What are you doing here? But I'm not surprised to see you here. You can sign up for her literary subscription and she will send you a handpicked book that she loves every month. Holland, tell us a little about that.
1: So it's similar to book of the month, but we try to stay away from sort of more mainstream titles and introduce you to a new uh, author that you might not have known about. We have a lot of modern Mrs. Darcy subscribers. And so we also work with Anne to make sure you're not getting the same thing that Anne's recommending because you're going to be reading what Anne's recommending as well. So we want to expose you to the most um, books that we can. So it comes in three months, six month, or 12 descriptions. We do adult all the way down to picture book subscriptions and you can find information about out, um a novel subscription at the novel dot com.
0: I love it. Holland, this has been a delight. And readers, I'd like to remind you, you can find all the books we talked about today. You're gonna have to scroll for <laughs> half an hour, but all the books will be there at what should I read next podcast.com slash two ten because this is our two hundred and tenth episode.
1: And thanks so much for having me. Have the happiest of holidays.
0: Thank you so much for doing your part to make sure all the readers are satisfied this holiday season. Take care. Till next time. Hey, readers, I hope you found the perfect giftable book today. And I'd love to hear what your own favorite giftable books are in the comments at whatshouldireadnextpodcast.com slash 210. That's 210. And as I mentioned before, that's where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. That list is a doozy this week. If this wasn't enough ideas for the book lover on your list, or if you'd like some non-book gift recommendations for readers, check out my 2019 gift guide for book lovers at ModernMrsDarcy.com guide. That's where I've collected fun, quirky, and delightful items for the readers in your lives, even if that reader is you. ModernMrsDarcy.com guide. Subscribe to What Should I Read Next Now so you don't miss next week's episode in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We will see you next week. If you're on Twitter, let me know there at Ann Bogle. That is Ann with an E, B is in books, O-G-E-L. Tag us on Instagram to share what you are reading. You can find me there at Ann Bogle and at What Should I Read Next. Our newsletter subscribers know it all and they know it first. Podcast.com slash newsletter. To sign up for our free weekly delivery. If you enjoy this podcast, a great gift for us would be if you shared it with a friend, left a review on Apple Podcasts, check out my book I'd Rather Be Reading, which is also a perfect holiday gift, or checked out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash What Should I Read Next. Thanks to the people who make this show happen. What Should I Read Next is produced by Brenna Frederick, with sound design by Kellen Pekacek. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And as Reiner Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.